Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletaub from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Poland, although normally in Kyiv, is Alexander Pomushnikov. Alexander is Head of International Business Development for U-Control. And today we're going to be talking about sanctions, particularly Russian sanctions. First, Alexander, uh, great to have you here and glad to know you're someplace safe. Yeah, hello, Adam. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. The all is okay. Thank you. Good. Good to hear it. Now, first, to really lay the groundwork for things, can you lay out what the current sanctions regimes call for when it comes to Russia and Russian citizens? Um, okay. And now they can see uh, with you a unique and unprecedented picture in history. But first of all, uh, I won't uh, pay your attention uh, to the sanctions today, and you need to understand that it's, it's a part of the war for attrition. Have there ever been such example? Of course, yes. Not such a large scale and not in this combination, but the war of attrition was, for example, World War I and World War II, as you know, and it's just uh, that in, in 1944, it was easier to send, for example, a Spitfire platoon and set up uh, an oil depot in Romania. Unlike today, then it's easier to impose sanctions and put the Severstal plant on the verge of bankruptcy. And uh, in another way, please look at the citizen of the Russian Federation. After the start of uh, Russian full-scale invasion in Ukraine, uh, 5 million specialists left the country. The largest number of the immigrants in the last uh, 20 years in Russia. Comparably only to the outlaw of citizens during the 1917 revolution in Russia. Why they left and how many of them are afraid of the uh, consequence of the sanctions or as the result of the regime is a separate issue. Is it? Experts left, those people who don't want to live like their parents live in the Soviet Union. They want to live with uh, dignity and they know that sanctions will lead to a worse standard of living. It's certainly tough there, and the list obviously of companies and industries and individuals seems to keep growing. Now, it's easy for companies, you know, Western companies, to make mistakes in this era, uh, in this area. What kinds of problems are you seeing and mistakes companies are making? Uh, yeah, but today there's the uh, compliance procedure and levels of verification for cooperation, absorption, merger. It's like a hockey with three lines of defense. Before cooperating of buying, selling, uh, taking someone's money from someone, you need to check at first uh, uh, origin of money and their company communications. His links and today there are a lot of screening system that allows you or your company to do this uh, to do this regularly. Prices for such a check today also exist for any business's volume. The first thing you need to understand if you want to cooperate or create your business in Russia or Belarus today, of course it's a mistake. Uh, but we have uh, seen several 
several cases there, for example, a national Scandinavian brand came to Russia. And uh, it was uh, registered by the same private registration company that registered, uh, for example, oil and gas companies in the territory of Syria. And as a result, this company going under the sanction. There is a mistake? Of course. It's important to understand that if you are a large company and you go to Russia, you will cooperate with the same large local companies. Interesting. Now, what kind of, you talked about internal controls on the three lines. What kind of internal controls should organizations set up to ensure that their employees aren't knowingly seeking to find a way around the sanctions? Mm, uh, it's, um, I think if you mm, want to go out from the sanction, at, at first you need to, I, I tell you uh, one of the cases, for example, how now, uh, what, what can do, for example, Russian companies to go under the sanction? At first, they need to uh, take his uh, beneficiary ownerships, uh, citizens of the Russian Federation, and uh, uh, take these guys and put it inside the uh, neighboring jurisdiction. For example, uh, if you are general manager, uh, one of the most uh, important uh, factory in Russia, you need to go to the neighboring jurisdiction and open another company. And you like the citizenship uh, from Russia, open in Georgia, for example, company. And by this way, in this company, you open another company, uh, maybe in Czech Republic or in Bulgaria, because it's the jurisdiction, this one of the most lowest tax debts. And by this way, uh, you can create uh, trade uh, links uh, with all the companies from all over the world. And of course, if the uh, world compliance want to check your company, they can go, uh, they want to look inside the trace and at first level, uh, they see uh, some Czech or Bulgarian company and see the connection with Georgian company. But if these guys didn't check the beneficiary owners, and as we know, in Georgia, uh, check the beneficiary owners, it's so difficult. It's so much difficult tasks because one of the problems is uh, problems with transliteration. And if you look inside the Georgian language and uh, see, for example, that it's a normal company, I think you didn't understand that it's a company who's want to go out from the sanctions. But it's one way. And another and the most uh, difficult way, uh, you need to understand that near far from Russia in the post-Union, uh, in the post-Union, uh, Soviet Union territory, uh, neighboring jurisdiction, for example, Armenia, it's a country with a closed open data system. If you want to check, for example, uh, beneficiary owners, it's absolutely, not absolutely, but it's, um, I want to say, it's so hard target. And you need to understand if uh, the Russian companies want to go under the sanction, the most simple way, open these uh, 
Russian beneficiary owners in uh, neighboring jurisdiction companies and creating two waves uh, from the Central Europe, from the offshore zones. Fascinating. Uh, you know, ownership is difficult even in normal times, but these days it can be much more complex. Are there any warning signs to look out for that an entity may be one prohibited under the sanctions regimes, even if on the surface it looks to be fine? Uh, at first, you need to understand the uh, connection, as you uh, said earlier, and absolutely right. At first, you need to verificate beneficiary owners and look inside uh, the links. But uh, we have uh, absolutely different, for example, uh, one of the most important red flags in your verification. Of course, uh, the most important is all the beneficiary owners and now all the companies, for example, are CIS countries. I mean, uh, post-Soviet Union territory. You need to understand that's uh, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Georgia, Armenia, uh, Belarusia, uh, of course. Uh, Moldova, it's uh, very difficult countries and we know a lot of problems uh, with these countries because uh, in our last times we saw a lot of cases, for example, these are large investigation, I mean investigation with 30 or 40 uh, different companies and uh, this trace uh, started, for example, from the United States, but he finished in Kazakhstan. And we understand that Kazakhstan is uh, it's known the uh, it's not the end, and all these uh, countries has a very difficult system at first to understand uh, understanding about uh, uh, political exposed persons connections and connection with the persons under the sanctions, and uh, the same problem has a lot of verification systems. Because, as you know, all the verification, world verification systems and checking system, as I told you earlier about the world check, uh, uh, Lexis, Nexis, Dow Jones, uh, all, uh, the most huge part of these companies use the information. Uh, some part of the verification companies, it takes from the uh, regular uh, general data sets from the countries, but a huge part takes from the media information. But if you want to go to the court, this media information, it's nothing not, and you need to understand it. But it, but uh, uh, this information takes uh, in the situation, this, for example, political experts persons. But if we uh, can talk about the situation, these the sanctions, as I told you earlier, at first you need to understand and uh, verificate and uh, all the chicken connections uh, between companies. And if you look, for example, some companies from the CIS countries, uh, I think the most rational way uh, to go to check all this information uh, to the uh, CIS screening systems because world screening system, nothing not in this case. And now we understand that all the 
uh, investigators or compliance officers from all over the world. Uh, in his case, an investigation use a lot of system to verificate some part of the juris jurisdictions and after uh, take uh, all this puzzle together. And I think it's one of the most rational ways. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, you, you provide that service as to the others you mentioned. Now, with sanctions regimes growing, how can companies prepare themselves now for future expectations? Now, a lot of companies came out from the Russian market. Uh, of course, it's very important. And of course, it's a great support to the Ukraine, as we know now. But in the future, uh, about the uh, Russian Federation and Belarusia, the all for me is all understandable because uh, I think all these companies want to go out uh, by the beneficial owners, as I told you earlier. And uh, but uh, if you talk about, for example, companies uh, who now search uh, some perfect market. I want uh, uh, to pay uh, the attention to the Ukrainian market. Before the war, for example, Ukrainian market, one of the most, I think, innovative. Now, there's a lot to think about. Well, Alexander, thank you for taking the time to share your you know, on-the-ground insights as to what's going on there. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <music>